0: Good morning, everybody. I'm not sure whether I'm connected up. Yeah? Okay. Some people say I'm too loud. My wife says I dropped my voice. So if you can't hear just raise your hand and I'll I'll, I'll do that. Um, These things. Do you know what, Dave? I think you got it wrong there. I think it's Everton that needs all the prayer at the moment. (laughs) Father, we just love you and we praise you that you're in this place. These are your people. We release those promises uh, into being that you have uh, placed upon this church. And your glory will just explode in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, Sue was just sharing with me uh, while we were worshipping about um, she was in Africa. And um, they saw this big explosion of gas. The flame had touched the gas. And she said there's plenty of gas in this church. Holy Ghost glass, gas. Let me tell you what the gl- gas of the Holy Ghost is it's his glory. Amen. There's glory in this church. And I was talking to this lady here who lives not far away from me in West Derby. She's posher than me, <laughs> she lives in a posh area. And, um, and she was, I say, why do you come all this way? And she said, because they allow the freedom of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, goodness me, she summarized in about four words. What, <laughs> uh, uh, the impressions that I have. You know, and it's a wonder, I feel really at home here. And I go all over the, at the moment, I'm going all over the country. Um, to all sorts of denominations and places. And God is really moving. Um, but one of the things I've noticed is that, um, for example, I've been moving in certain parts of Wales, and it's quite interesting what, what happens, is that um, God's, I was in one situation which was quite, everyone had given up, and... Um, And basically, they were just sort of carrying on these services uh, because they didn't know anything else to do. So we started to do what I call some encounter lunches in this church. And uh, God started to drop on them, on the meeting. And we did a number of these. And then I was in the church and uh, the Holy Spirit just came right down. And um, later on, much later on, in this place where they'd seen a move of the Holy Spirit, church started to really fill up. And... um, They were hesitant to carry them on. And what happened was, people in the church were upset because there were people coming in. The place was filling up. Mm. (laughs) It was filling up. And what people don't understand about revival is—I said this to the city church elders when we first took over, which was a collapsing church at the time. Um, And I was with, had all the elders in my house. We'd had an elders meeting, and um, and someone said they said, "Look." Uh, And obviously, I have brothels all around my house. I think I told you this. And I said to them, look, one of them said, we want to see revival. So I said, let me just tell you what happens when revival comes. We walked outside the door. I said, you see all that mess out there? If you want revival, all the mess out there will come into all the... It'll mess your church up. Revival in its early stages is messy church because it draws in the broken, the damaged, the needy, the bizarre. uh, And as the Holy Spirit starts to move, there's manifestation. People's hearts are drawn to God. And there's manifestation of the human spirit, because once the thing starts to explode, you'll have loads of people who want to come into your ministry, because they've got their own agenda, and they are, and they're coming in uh, with a plan and a strategy about them. And then you get you get you get the demonic. An evidence of revival is you'll start to see demonic manifestation in the church. The times I've seen people slithering on the floor like a snake. You know, but listen, it's an evidence that God is moving beyond here. Beyond our control. It's... it's it's when the divine touches the human. Amen. And people don't understand this. So once God starts moving, and this is why I like this church. Be, so when I'm, I'm doing stuff, um, I, I'm involved with churches now that were, were, were really struggling and they're starting to get filled now. They're really starting to get filled. But, uh, but they want to stop. But I get the impression, you want to go all the way. Amen. Amen. I I took, a long time ago in the ministry, I took the the decision. I prefer to to deal with the mess and take the risk. Amen. 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 And let the Lord just do what he wanted to do. I've had a few syntax bombs blow up in my face. But you know what I have seen? about six or seven revivals. Amen. 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 And it has damaged me looks. (laughs) You know, but I will be getting a new body. (laughs) I just want to read this passage to you. Um, My heart is to see this church flourish. I'm here not because I want to speak that's what my gifting is, so I do it. And that's and the Holy Spirit will come on the, on, on you as I'm speaking. But I'm here because I want to see this f- church flourish. I'm here because I love you. I'm here because I believe you are key to a revival breaking out in Ormsker. Amen? So whatever I'm doing today is part... It's just one piece of the jigsaw of God's plan, and so I do different things. Like I I might—I was saying to Dave, I will will come. He was saying, "Will you come again next year?" And I I will come, but really, I don't mind coming to a prayer meeting to just pray with you, to hang out with you. I'm not able to do much because I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm busy, that's a good word to use. And, um, and the other thing I want to do, I want to, um, where I can, put around you strategic connections. And there's one sitting here today, and it's Sue Sinclair. And I've told her I'm, br- I'm gonna be dead straight, I wanted to help you. I'm so hard-faced. <laughs> I'm telling you, I really am. And with my wife not being here, I'm worse. <laughs> my daughter went to this church and she came back with a prophetic spirit. She's the best preacher in our church. Better better than me, a lot better than me, which isn't difficult. And she's better than Sue. He is a And she moves in an anointing. I wanted her to come today, but she's running the Sunday school and can't find anybody else to help her out. Okay. So, I want to see this church flourish. I want God to raise things up. I want God to reverse things that have been at work, powers and principalities that have been at work to destroy. God wants to destroy. God wants to uh, use this church to bring revival to Ormskirk and therefore the devil wants to erase it. Make no mistake about that. And so we're going to reverse everything that the devil has tried to speak over this church. And um, I want to see God restore things and put people around you that and raise people up from you, Amen. Just turn to somebody and said, say to them, God's got a plan for you and He's going to use you, Amen. <laughs> you know, last week I was in Birmingham, and uh, I unusually, I left getting the train ticket till the last minute. So I went down to Lime Street Station and to get a ticket the day before. And uh, the ticket man said, oh, you might not be able to go because there's a train strike tomorrow. So in faith, the next day, I, w- I went t- to get... Uh, a ticket out the machine, which we did, and uh, lo and behold, there was a train. Be- but because everybody else in the world had been told there was a train strike, the train was empty. I Had the whole train <laughs> practically <laughs> to myself. So we got there, but on the way, on the way, um, uh, it was quite interesting. We, you know, we we took it off. Uh, Out of Lime Street, and then we passed Fords and the industrial estate. Then we saw the river, you know, as you go over the Runcorn Bridge. Then we were back into a town with Runcorn. And then we started to get into rolling fields and all sorts of beautiful scenery. And then uh, eventually I I had to go to Wolverhampton. And uh, we pulled it, and we're the Chubb Lock Company. It was a massive industrial place, you know. And I saw all these places and traveled through all these different scenes. And I want to talk to you about the landscape of your life. Because different ones here will be going through different situations. And as, um, I, I'll just bring out something that God wants to break into wherever you are, whatever scenery you're going through. And he wants to move in great power and break things over you, release things beyond you, and start to move through you in a very powerful way today. Amen. Amen. So I'm just going to read a passage. Now, this passage describes revival. And it's Isaiah 35. I'll read 1 to 8. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Okay. Even the wilderness and the desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Uh, The AV says, blossom as a rose. Yes, there'll be abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become green as the mountains of Lebanon. This is a prophetic word for this church. As lovely as the Mount Carmel Or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory. The splendor of our God. With this news. Strengthen. Those who have tired hands. Encourage. Those with weak knees. Say to those of fearful hearts. Be strong. Do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies, and he's coming to save you. When he comes, and if you're sick, I want to pray for you at the end of this service. He will open the eyes of the blind, Unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap. That's good, isn't it? Not just walk, leap like a deer. And those who cannot speak will sing. Not just speak, the dumb will sing. What God's saying here is do more than you can anticipate. The lame will leap like a deer and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. And then it goes on, springs will gush forth in the wilderness. Streams will water the wasteland. Parched ground will become... A pool, that is like a lake. Springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived. And a road will go through the once deserted land. It will be named the Highway of Holiness. Amen. Amen. Good, good go on. Go, go to verse 10 there. But I just want to get, say as quickly as possible, in this passage, there are various types of landscape. In this room today, there will be people who are going through different things in their life. And the, I just pick out some of them, the wilderness, the desert the wasteland, the thirsty land, the parched ground, the wilderness. Now, the wilderness is not a desert. I was in Africa, and the wilderness, we used to call it the bush. The wilderness um, is is, is literally full of brambles and wild Wild sort of a place. But it's a place that's inhabited by dangerous animals. When when I was a missionary, I lived, you know, you could have had Tarzan coming out the jungle where I lived. We had a nest of black mambas in my roof. If they bite you, you're dead in 30 seconds. Well, you go into a coma in 30 seconds and you're dead in two. So, you know, um, so in a wilderness, there's all sorts of, and he refers to things like vipers or snakes, lions, jackals, all animals that are predators. And there'll be people here today It might be just one, it might be many, I I don't know, but I I sense it may be just a few. But you're constantly under attack. God wants to come this morning and break every assailant that a predatory spirit that wants to kill this church, kill your joy, savage your destiny, destroy your life, wipe out your hope, and if there's, that's you, one thing after another is attacking you, we want to pray Amen. that that is broken. Amen. Because God wants... God wants you to tread on serpents. Amen. He wants you to, he wants to eliminate these powers and principalities. Uh, and, And we all have them in our lives from time to time. We come under attack. And one of the fatal mistakes is we think, oh, this is my cross to bear. It isn't. Amen. God, break it. And and so, once these things start to break, things start to pour out on you, amen, that you didn't think were possible. Another one's this one, a desert. My dad was in the desert before Montgomery took over. The British army in the desert, uh, it was like a yo-yo experience, you know, the one minute, the, 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 the that end of the desert, the next minute, Robert, Rommel's chasing him that way. Uh, his friends were blown to bits, all sorts of horrendous situations. But when I was a little boy, he brought back in my house some pictures of the desert. And basically, it was like, without without any greenery, it was like, Sand dunes everywhere. It wasn't like a a bush. It was... And you couldn't grow anything there. Nothing would spring forth there. It's just sand. And there's some people who you love the Lord sitting here today You love the Lord, and you've done the best you can. But no matter what you do, it's not flourishing. And God wants to use this church, so he wants things to, when you invest your time or your prayer, or your money, or your energy. He wants things to spring up. But there's loads of situations where God has to come and remove and transform that landscape. Amen? So if you've invested lots of energy, time, money, but nothing has happened or nothing seems to take place. Get prayer and uh, let's ask the Lord because the great promise in this is the desert, I'm trying to, will will blossom. Amen. Amen. Deserts blossoming. It says flourish, become green. I I know I know people. You know they won't go to places unless. I remember someone told me we used to have this thing. um, (laughs) We used to have this. I used to have this thing. What was it called now? Um, Wider leadership where I basically would bring in apostolic people from all over the place, because I wanted to, them to deposit DNA across the whole city and the region. And one, one of them came, oh, and uh, I remember him saying, I only go to places where there's a few thousand. He was a bit disappointed. We only (laughs) had about 300 there, you know. But it was, I did explain that it's not everyone. It's the leader. It's a wider leadership thing. Uh, And there are a lot of people, but you know, God's got to put a spirit in us. that you don't care whether you're standing in a desert or green pastures because you know the Holy Spirit. In fact, I like being in deserts. You know, when I was a missionary, I was doing this teaching on John's gospel. And uh, it got, uh, it was one of the gospels, it might not have been John, I don't think it was John actually, but it was the one where Jesus prayed for them, and he sent them out in twos. And, and said, right, we're going out, and you're going to heal the sick, raise the dead, deliver the demon-possessed, you know. Um, And uh, so I, I did this talk on Jesus sending out the disciples, and I said, well, this afternoon, I'm splitting you up in twos. You're going to that area, you're going to that area, you're going to that area, you're going to that area. We're all going this afternoon to put this into practice. So I sent them off and uh, I said to one one, I said, I said, you're going, you're going up the road there. And uh, they said, no, we're not going said why not he said and this was true actually he said there's a witch doctor on there and last Wednesday they put a curse on somebody and was dead on Thursday so we're not going I said well let me ask you a question then sa- I said who is greater is he that is in you than in that witch doctor so I said I'm going to pray for you now and God's going to move so I prayed for them. The witch doctor left, <laughs> the thriving church. But anyway, I, I split them all up in twos, but there was an odd number. So I was on my own. So I had to go to this village, you know, straw huts and everything like that, into this village. And I thought it hadn't occurred to me. I don't even speak the language so I thought what am I going to do Lord what am I going to do and uh, so I'm in this African village and to my relief to my relief there was no one there (laughs) so that's great get out of jail clause you know so I'm standing in this middle of Empty village. And God said, okay, preach the gospel. I said, there's no one here. He said, well, you've got nothing to worry about then, have you? I said, I don't even speak the language. He said, there's no one here. He said, speak to the wind. So I stood there and I gave this sermon to the wind, declared things. There's church raised up there. Because spirit, spiritual powers, mm-hmm. broken the desert, started to blossom oh. as a rose. And all those places we sent those churches. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I, w- I want to say a bit more on this. How do you see God move when you've got nothing? <laughs> I was in City church in 2000 year 2000 I've got this young guy a great guy called Dave Harrison he became a, a leader in Australia pastored, pastored uh, big churches you know and but he was an associate with me. Well, he wasn't, he was an assistant. A younger, younger guy, about 10 years younger than me then. And uh, he's just getting into, they're in their 30s, him and his wife. And he, she had to have, uh, is it IVF or IV, whatever it is. And um, they'd done all the things and it was horrendous. Apparently, it was, the procedure was uh, horrendous. It wasn't working. They tried. They failed. And he's in the hospital with her, and he's weeping by the bed. And he says, I'm going to have to pack in. I'm going to have to pack in, he said. Can't cope with this. So I'm going to pray for you. And just prayed against the spirit of barrenness to come off it. They never stopped having kids. <laughs> in fact, I thought, goodness me, I should have put a ceiling on this. But fortunately, they were in the 30s. So, you know, I think they ended up having three kids. But then one, th- one year after another. And that was that, but you see, we need to pray over things the spirit of barrenness comes off it so the desert blossoms yeah. like a rose. Yeah. Amen. Wasteland. This is this, this is someone here, okay? Wasteland is where it was it was land that was used once We call it brownfield, don't we? It was land land that something was built on or used or very productive, but for one reason or another, it's just been left. And it may well be that you are in that time in your life where you can remember when God took you up and used you. But it seems that That hasn't happened for a while. Well, I've got a prophetic word for you today. God is going to use you again. I can feel the Holy Spirit. So when I do that, I have to be careful because I start to weep. I can feel the heart of God towards you. He's going to use you. Wasteland, land that was used once, but it's not being used now. Hallelujah. You know the way wasteland, let me just, it's the process of when, if you've been used once, but you're not being used now, and but the Lord is going to use you again. Let me just tell you, I used in, when I was a missionary, we had three thousand acres of land. I didn't even, I only, I never planted a thing. I lived in a street where my garden was only two foot by three foot, in the front, you know. And um, so when I, we ended up in this three thousand acre, So I didn't even know about fertilizer. But at the end of it, I knew all about farming. And when you leave ground, when ground's been left, it gets crusty. And so, if God's going to use you again, He has to sort out all the crusty stuff. And that could be disappointment. That could be hurt, and and to to protect yourself from hurt, you've become a bit more resilient. You've toughened up, but Lord, it's made you crusty. God can't use crusty Christians. That's why He gives us a heart, a flesh, again instead of a heart of stone. So if you're in this position, this is what's likely to happen. He says it, he plows up the fallow ground. That means ground that's been left. I'm in Umskirk on I farm country here, so I'm, I'm probably talking to the experts. But, but basically, when things get crusty, he puts the plow in to break up the crusty stuff. And if you're going through a period where he's just breaking up the crusty stuff, just put people around you that you trust. There's lots of prophetic people here and say, will you just keep me in prayer because things are, God's going through me at the moment. And you think, well, I thought you were going to bless me. Well, he is blessing you. He's preparing you to use you again. Amen. 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 Parched ground. This is interesting. Parched ground. I have to keep using Africa. I hadn't planned to. But there, in in Africa where I was, you know, they go on about, oh, there's a drought, you know, because we don't get rain for three weeks, you know, climate change, drought, rain, haven't seen rain. Where I was, the rain stopped on the 17th of February, and you wouldn't see a drop till the 17th of November. So what's that, is that about 10 months or nine months? I mean, we're talking, so the rivers would dry up, the lakes would dry up, and um, you get these incredible cracks on the base, there was a thing called mud fish and when there was water there, what they'd do, they'd bury themselves in the mud and they were alive under the big cracks, these fish. And I remember seeing all these great big cracks, parched grounds like that. The thing about parched ground is this. It adapts to drought. You see, when nothing happens for a long time, what you do is you adapt to drought. This is what happens with churches. It's what happens with our own mindset. Nothing's happened for a while. Um, To protect against disappointments, um, you adapt to it. And you, as you adapt, something's disappeared out of your spirit, and it's called expectation. Yeah. You know, we're talking about Kingsway. I was there when David, starting off, um, he said, "Will you come to my church?" We were sitting in his living room in Kingsway, about six or eight people. I said, "I'd love to come, Dave, but I'm off to university in London. I'll see you when I get back." I never did, actually. <laughs> and well, he used to—he ha- started out by having uh, Harry Greenwood come. People who are nodding here are at least eighty years of age. and <laughs> us tell you that. And uh, the thing with Harry, he come with his tambourine and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and they, in those days, they were very unsophisticated in Kingsway. And I was in this meeting in London, run by that, that group of charred fellowships. And uh, we were sitting in a big circle because we were all in houses then. And they said, Oh, we're going to sing this song. First of all, the song consisted of two lines that actually went on. They sang 50 times through. <laughs> that wasn't enough. As I'm sitting there, from every direction, it's amazing they didn't bump, bump into you. They're skipping right across the room. In complete. Um, Freedom. It was quite, quite amazing. But the, one of the songs that Harry Green will brought that I never forgot, and it's something that went into my spirit. That's why they used it to sing them over and over and over and over again. So they'd sing it into your spirit. That was the theology. I'm expecting the Lord to do great things for me today. I'm expecting the Lord to move in a most miraculous way. I'm expecting the Lord to move all heaven and earth for me. I'm expecting the Lord to keep his word and set me free. You know, God needs to deal with our hearts to raise our levels of expectation. Oh man, You come today, you're expecting, I'm expecting God to do something. You know, there's a word, the biblical word for expectation is hope. Parched ground has adapted to drought. And say, God, will you just fill my heart? Will you sow into me hope again? Yeah. Hope. Don't, you know? Don't try and don't try and psychological. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm I'm tough enough. I'll pack up my troubles in my old kit bag and woo, I'll be like Popeye. No, Lord, I've got no hope left. Will you just, will you just come from heaven, and bring expectation? Because uh, my grounds become pot. I've adapted to drought. I've been disappointed. The promises didn't come. But I want to, whether they come or not, I want to see your face again. I want to touch your glory again. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Lastly, thirsty ground. This is what I feel is in this church. Thirsty ground is a place that's crying out for water. Amen. I like to be in places where they're crying out for water. You know, come everyone who's thirsty and drink. And out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Thirsty for God. Thirsty for God. You know, that's what happens, you see. People say, I want to see God move. I want to see revival. I I want this and I want that. And then when he starts moving and they've, they've reached the levels that they want God to move in, they tell him to turn the tap off. In this passage, I, didn't, I haven't read it, but you'll see here the way, it, the way a move of God works. It starts with a spring. Then it becomes a stream. Then it becomes a river. Then it becomes a lake. And actually, it, the lake could be a sea. It could be an ocean. Yep. But revival starts with a little spring. What, what I said I'd noticed is, I, mean, I can think of a situation I'm involved in now where, where they're in a desperate situation. The place is nearly full now. What happens is they don't mind the spring because it'll fill the church up. It'll rescue them immediately. Then they become a stream and everything's hunky dory. I'm involved in, in stif- situations right now. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. But if a stream wants to become a river, it has to join with other streams. Amen? If you get it to a river stage, you've got a manifestation of a a revival. You can either have a lake. In in South Wales, uh, Wales in 1904, they wrote that song, Love Vast as the ocean." Ocean an ocean the ocean came in I'm in one situation where I'm doing these revival meetings where I've helped ch- a church and and the full nearly full now. I get a call f- from so- a lady, can you do a, a, a revival meeting on such and such a night? I said, well, funnily enough, I'm in that area. I'm in that area, so I, I, I can do that on the, on the Friday and I can be where I need to be. I get a call from the church that's been seen a move. Oh, we're not attending. She's a bit funny. Well, they were funny ones as well. <laughs> and actually, all over that region, there's little pockets of God moving. Because I'm, I'm involved in them all. And in, I have to go up to people and say, look, well, I am going to... I'm inventing names now to protect people... I, I am going to go to Brian's church, you know, and I'm going. to... So Frank, if you've got a problem with Brian, I'm not getting in on it. And then I'll go to I'll go to uh, to Brian and say, Brian, look, I'm still going to be working with Frank, but neither the streams won't come together. I mean, if. You know, the life that's in this church, and I can tell you there's at least another 10 like this church within 25 miles radius of this area that if we put a conference on and you all came out, you'd see a revival. If you could get 10 churches like yours that say, let's do a little conference in, in Olmskirk, Call it Deeper. I'm making it up. I mean, I'm telling you now, if we had ten groups of people like you come together and we did a weekend's conference, this church would double, their churches would double, and there'd be a momentum that would start to move. Hallelujah. Why? Because the churches, the streams, are running together and they become a river. The Bible says how blessed it is when brethren dwell together in unity. There the Lord commands. But you know to work together, it takes a bit of grace, doesn't it? You've got to trust people that you might not really want to trust. You might have to sing choruses that you don't like. They might have to pour up with me singing in tongues. And we're all the poorer. Amen. Because God wants to move. Let's just pray. I wonder if... um, I was so blessed by the way you led the worship. I thought, here we go again. I'm not going to get on to speak because the Holy Ghost's on the go. Oh, man, the batch of meetings I've been in, the Holy Ghost's on the go, so my talk has gone out the window. Let's just pray. Father, we come to you. Mm-hmm. We're hungry for you. Yeah. It may well be that you, I senseless people who are thirsty for God. Tell them, God, I'm thirsty for you. I'm thirsty for you. There's those people who've been through areas of disappointment. Say, God, I just will you deal with the disappointment? It's, it's made me crusty, suspicious, um, defensive. Um, I want you to take that away. I want you to make me a child again, Lord, so that, Lord, I can just be teachable again, receptive again. I just thank You for this church. I break every, every curse over it in Jesus' name. Oh God, because this church is key to a revival in this area. We come to You, Lord, as You break up the fallow ground, plant new seeds, cause... Things to flourish. Those, that spirit of barrenness, we break it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to worship the Lord. If there's something that I said that you felt resonated with you, if you've been under attack, I want to pray for you. Um, and uh, I'd like Adrienne and the leadership to share in that. And of course, Sue's here as well with me. If you want prayer, come out. But let's just worship the Lord. Amen. Just say, Let's pray this prayer together. Dear God, Dear God. I, want in my life. I want revival in my life. I want a fresh move of God. I want you to break open heaven and your glory to come on me and on my church and on my ministry. In Jesus' name, Amen.